1: Uh, I'm Sevki, and I'm the founder of Together We Stand. We are a nationwide nonprofit organization, and we advocate for victims of racism, discrimination, and police brutality, and we do so through advocacy, education, and legislation. And uh, today we are going to be talking about something really close to my heart, which is um, what it's like to be raising young black men in this society right now with the state of race relations where they are um so a little bit about me i'm i'm mixed my father was a black panther my mom is white um i've had the opportunity to see um things from both ends of the spectrum and um You know, I'm raising three sons now, and uh, my oldest is 17 and a half. He's getting ready to go off to college, and he has already been stopped by the police for walking down the street in a suburban white neighborhood that he was visiting. And, you know, it's pretty frightening that our kids cannot... walk down the street, Um, they can't be children, Uh, you know, they have to have discussions with their parents about how to stay safe around police officers, which is exactly why we are having this show today. Um, I'm going to welcome one of our amazing board members onto the show. Her name is Rhonda Leas. Let's see if I can get you on, Rhonda. Having technical issues. My computer doesn't like me. Hold on, Rhonda. I'm coming for you. As you get to know me, you'll know that things malfunction when I get close to them, particularly anything to do with a computer. And I've been lucky so far not to have this problem, but there's always a first. I am, let's see. Hey, I see you, uh, Yolanda. We're having some technical issues in the studio at the moment, so I'm trying to patch you guys through. Give me a moment. I see you all on the line holding and I'm just trying to troubleshoot some technical stuff in the studio. So bear with me one moment, please. Okay, so I'm assuming you guys can hear me. I'm going to have to shut this system down and then reboot. I'm not sure what's going on. So it's probably going to disconnect you. Um, I will send you each a message once we're up and running. Hopefully it will only take me a few minutes.
2: You yes, I oh, know okay, you will
1: okay. okay, good So I'm going to let everybody know okay. they can call back in now I hate okay. computers You okay. know I do <laughs> I know, it's
0: okay
1: <laughs> I swear, you know me It's okay think, you just got to let them know who's Bob <laughs> Mm-hmm, okay Um. Hold on, I'm going to All right. Okay, so I texted everybody so we can get going. Um all right, so we'll start over. <laughs> and I'll yeah, edit problem. that part out. Um, welcome to Together We Stand podcast. I am here, Sevgi, uh, with uh one of my amazing, amazing, amazing team members Oops. and board members, Rhonda Leith. Say hi. Hi. Thank you, Sebby. <laughs> um, so for you who are new to our show, we are actually a nonprofit organization, and we are nationwide, and we work to dismantle racism, discrimination, and police brutality through education, advocacy, and legislation. And we have been going for about a year now and are making huge strides, I'm super proud of everything we've been able to accomplish. Um, so please, please join us, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TWS revolution. You can visit our website TogetherWeStand.NationBuilder.com, stand dot And um, there's lots of ways for you to get involved. We've got petitions up. We have a volunteer um, tab, which will give you options that you can do um straight from home easy, or if you want to get more involved, we have lots of ways for you to do that. So, again, visit us at togetherwestand.nationbuilder.com. If you are in need of advocacy, if you have been a victim of police brutality or someone in your family has, if you have been a victim of discrimination of any kind and you need help, we are here. Um, You can reach us at 1-800-528-1094. And I see we've got our callers coming in. So today our show is um, something close to my heart. I'm raising three uh, sons, and uh, we are talking about what it's like as a mother to raise black sons in uh, today's racially charged United States of America and some of the things that we have to deal with and teach our children to deal with that a lot of people don't ever even think about it doesn't even go into their consciousness like how you stay safe when you're around a police officer you know most of us are raised thinking oh you know they're here to protect and serve and now in today's we have to have conversations with our sons about, you know, what you do if you get stopped. You know, and this can happen mm-hmm. any time. I have a seventeen and a half year old who was stopped and harassed for walking down the street in a neighborhood, and that's just not okay. Um, and we have children dying on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and it's something that a- we need to be speaking up about every chance we get and doing anything that we can. So um, mm-hmm. we've got some moms calling in to share sort of their experiences and and what it's been like um, raising their boys. And I'm going to invite a couple of them on. Um, so Yolanda, I hope you can hear me. Are you here?
0: I can't. I am. Can you hear me? Awesome.
1: I'm I can it's finally working Great. Shit. Yes. I hate these thinking technology and I hate one another and it's totally a mutual <laughs> hate <laughs> not um, a problem and then I also I'm going to invite on one other person Sharice um, Wells and um, she has been mm. somebody that our organization's been working with since the spring and Sharice can you hear me Yes,
3: I can. How are you doing? I'm hey. good. Welcome. I'm Thank glad you. I got everything
1: sorted out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, ma'am. So I would love it if each of you, um I'll start with you, Yolanda, if you want to tell us just about um, yourself and your children and where you are raising your sons.
0: Sure, absolutely. um my name is Yolanda, and i uh currently reside in Sacramento california um and I have four beautiful kids. um I have two girls that are uh nine and twelve, and then my two boys are sixteen and seventeen. so hands full. <laughs> oh uh, yes,
1: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> And your boys are the oldest, huh? So they're
2: the protectors. <laughs>
0: um, they are. However, you know, teenagers—they're—they're teeter tottering between adulthood and childhood. So of course, they Ooh. think they know everything, but don't know anything. Oh. So you know, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. It's—it's it's,
1: yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And they're—it's in it's and, and the locks. That's an age of sort of self obsession and self absorption where they, you know. <laughs> Uh,
0: absolutely it, 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 it is You know luckily um, I've been able To be um, a part of Some great organizations within their community I'm Just trying to keep them uh, With some positive role models Positive black male ro- role models um, right. But Again because they think they know it all it, It's a little hard to um, Get them To really understand why I may be so overprotective so,
2: mm-hmm. you know, yeah.
0: you just got to keep working at it. Got to keep sure. working
1: at it. No, I remember being that age. I thought I was invincible. You know, you don't think,
0: <laughs> you know, you don't think uh, you know what? will ab-
1: take you out.
0: I, I would have to agree. You know what, I, I do have to say, although my 17-year-old, he's gotten into, you know, he, he's been the more difficult one. However, he was nothing compared to me. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but just. And these times though you know it, it's really hard because um not only am I um scared for them in regards to uh the kids within their age group um, mm-hmm. right. I'm also have to worry about um the stuff that's going on with the police um as well as just just the atmosphere um in America right now with the election and just just everything that's going on you you know it's my uh, fears are heightened. It's actually caused that's a lot true. of
1: stress for me. Yeah, yeah. every time they walk out that aware.
0: door,
2: they're aware. They might not let you know that they're aware and that they they paid attention. There is no way anyone in America at this state in time cannot be aware of what's going on. You know, right. even my 11 year right. old grandson is aware of what's going on, so they know. You know, oh, you, you know, know and that's all.
0: That's what's crazy is um, with the election and all of that type of stuff that was going on, you know, even elementary kids, uh, kids in elementary school, you know, it was a stressful thing for some of them.
1: Yeah, truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a five-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 17-and-a-half-year-old, and and they all know on – different cognitive levels, you know, what's going on. And then my five-year-old he will turn the TV off if he sees Trump. <laughs> he says, that's the bad man. Oh. I'm like, oh, yes, baby, you're learning well. <laughs> but it is, yeah. it is, you know, my dad is um, staying with me right now, and he just came across the country from Philadelphia, and he was in the two different airports over the last few weeks. Um, um, you know, he he was a Black Panther back in the day, so he's seen a lot. But he said that the the racial tension and the amount of sort of outward even aggression
0: towards him Ooh. is
1: something he has not seen in quite some time, and it's it's
0: it's, it, it's, it's well.
1: really go ahead.
0: What I was going to say, it's it's amazing with this election, it's almost um, for um, those who are um, racist who may have been hidden or you you may not have known. It's almost like they've been given a pass, like here we are, now we have someone, and we get to be who we are, but now they feel they can mm -hmm. stand in their truth. And we, we we were completely unaware. There's you know I've seen it time and time again, especially on social media, where you'll have friends who have been friends for years. Um, and yeah. one will be black, one'll be white, and they're no longer friends. Um yeah, because you know all of this stuff has is, is just happened.
1: Yeah, it's pretty polarizing, and it really does it does make you sort of in a sense, have to pick a side, you know? It's just like, <laughs> and it's, and which, it's getting... which,
0: which... It, it, that's, yeah, it's crazy that you have to feel that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, but... I put a post up in our, um, we have a Facebook group um, for our organization, and um, it was, I put a post up asking sort of, and I actually found an article and I posted it about people who have, lost relationships over the election and it was pretty amazing how i mean i don't i mean there's so many people that that can speak to you know really having long term relationships ending over this and it um you know trump's certainly been the catalyst to bring everybody out of the closet and and um they're pretty overt with their stuff now there's there's no there's no fear there's no shame it's just you know it's 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 very very frightening, I think, for for all of us. And um, yeah, so um, Sharif, I know you're sitting there listening. Yes. Um <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself and sort of share your story? I I know it, but I I'd, I'd love for you to share it because you've certainly seen this on the very bad end of things and, and are having to to live yeah. with it. So.
3: Well, I'm Charisse. Um, I have three kids. Um, my oldest is deceased by a police officer in Warner Robins. Um, my kids are 25, 24, and 23. I'm currently in Florida, called myself moving back here. Don't like it, so I'm moving back to Warner Robins, Georgia. But when I got here, I found out that my daughter was in a domestic violence situation, so I've been like had my hands full, heart full on all this aspect, dealing with her in the court, making sure she get you know back to a happy, safe medium. Right. I grew up and grew up in Florida, moved to Eastman, Georgia when I was like seventeen. Came from a city with streetlights to a city with four red lights. Um, <laughs> got there. <laughs> Got there, was traumatized Well, my parents hated me um, Kind of understand the racial stuff When I went to Dodge County High School They still had white-black prom um, The wow. black kids had it on one weekend The white kids had it on the other um, About five years ago I want to say Georgia is totally Now everybody go to prom together But it's only been five years They still was doing it Um <laughs> It wasn't only kids. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that the last county, and I think it was Crawford County was the last county that actually united the kids to go to prom together about five years ago. Um, The kids that I went to school with could not understand how we go to school with these people all day and we can't go to prom with them. The parents and grandparents were totally against it. Um, that Dodge County Courthouse, the Confederate flag is still standing. Um, is so much different in Dodge County, Eastman, Georgia, than probably it is a lot of other towns like that too that I probably haven't visited. Two thousand and five moved to Water Robins, Georgia. My kids were teenagers at that point. I have always told my boys that they was born with two strikes against them, that they was black was the first the second was that there was a man Black men are the target And I told him that I was sorry um, mm. Try to always teach them how to be manable. Yes ma'am, no ma'am That's a southern thing anyway They always was nice right. um, Respectful to people You know um, two, I've been a nurse since 1999 I'm trying to go through everything I've been a nurse since 1999 um, 2011 I stayed in a mixed community, um, predominant white, um, stayed by middle school. My son, he was coming home from from this place, this Nissan place, where he would wash cars, you know, for help, for money and stuff, Um, to see if they needed any help that day. Um, He walked along a path, I believe. The middle school kids kind of used that path to stay off the main highway on Fagan Mills, so the path was, like, really visible path. Um, police, it was a police report saying that somebody had broken into this guy's house. My son was coming home on the path. Police officer approached Robert. End of story. My son was shot at the back of the head by the police officer. I have been fighting this since 2011. My first attorney, um, was attorney out of Atlanta. Things didn't go so well. Now I got attorney, um, Luna and Jonathan Moore on my case and I have been working strongly with um, Together We stand. I think Miss um, Fernandez yeah. for everything that she has done to help me um, this has been a struggle, yeah. this has been a battle um, not only for me um, I'm pretty well known in Georgia I think Robert was pretty well known too because he was a people person he was a um, very good son you know, nice person I couldn't understand how He went from being a neighborhood kid to a suspect by middle school, you know. It's just all so different to me. Um, So I have kind of been dealing with a lot, um, but I have kept my faith strong. I have done, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that possible. I have um, my brother. He has really, really been by my side. He, um, after um, my attorney in Atlanta, Um, things didn't go through. I was done. My brother refused to let it go. He was like, these people have made this image of my nephew. That is not true. Um, these people have killed my nephew out of, you know, we don't know why. And we need answers We want questions It's not You know Just like he said It's not all about the money We need justice as well mm-hmm. You know Just like I said Absolutely. You know it, at, at the end of the day Even if this Police officer Go to prison for murder He still Get to see his family grow I don't get to see Robert right. No mm-hmm.
1: right And you know mm-hmm. I I've I've Read all of the reports I've You know I I mean It's one of the harder parts of my job is, you know, going through all the reports. I look at crime scene photos and autopsy reports, and I read through everything. And and I, there are lots of things yes, that ask, uh, we don't. See. Let me say this. Yes.
3: Okay. Let Let me say this. I the only I have not read Robert's autopsy. Like it's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen that you probably have seen you. more than me. The mm, only. Okay. Thing that I have like really seen is where you could tell they moved his body. You know what I'm saying? Right. That picture that the right. Huffington Post put in. So it is probably mm-hmm. a lot more that you have seen than I than I have.
1: Right. And I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I'm not going to get into anything. I just wanted to say that. You know. I mean, we and Rhonda's. My team and you know she's been with me since the beginning and I love her and she has you know and we, we we before we take a case we look at every single thing mm. and yeah. there's many that we don't take and you know your son was murdered by a police officer point blank you know when mm. when you shoot a child in the back of the head you know mm. I mean and you and know it
3: this is one of the you know just running from it's fear. So hard. Yeah, you know what?
1: Even if you wouldn't have been the, the thing,
2: yeah. I'm sorry, Sefi. If I'm, uh, you know, I read Robert. I read your case in my heart, and, and mm-hmm. it broke my heart. But the bottom line is, and the sad part, the sad, sad reality of it is, if it wouldn't have been Robert, it would have been another. It would have been another little black kid. Right. You know what I'm so it's not but, so much know, that. Indy-
3: even when um, yeah, okay. i'm sorry to cut you off even when mm-hmm. we reached out to Jonathan Moore them, they you yeah. know they talked to us and told us that how hard it is to fight cases like that in the south you know like Alabama yeah. Mississippi Georgia like it's so hard mm-hmm. to fight those cases and stuff and it's like it's like it has been a battle it has been something that i, I have had to yeah keep living, you know, because it, it's not, I don't think it'll ever be dead, but it's not settled yet, you know, and it's like, right. me and my brother, like, he, my brother is like, we're going to fight this to the end. There's no way in the world like my nephew should be gone. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. right. I agree with your brother and, as far and, as
1: fighting I mean, go ahead, Sophie. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that, you know, we have many cases in the South, and it's this everywhere and it's Mm -hmm. really i think that you know it's important for the listeners to hear because i don't you know hopefully this is going to get to a lot of people who who don't have these experiences who aren't raising young black men and need some sort of perspective as to you know why things are you know the way they are and why we're feeling the fears that we're feeling but this is this is right. our, we see this over and over and over again. There is Ooh. it is extremely hard to even get your case heard, even to yeah. get. Right. I mean, we have families who cannot even get a hearing to present their evidence in the cell. Right, just right, horrible. Yeah. It is a criminal justice system. It is a criminal it is. justice system. And well, it's not it, our justice it,
2: system. Know, it's not ours. It's not our justice system, no. and you know, and it's not. And the sad part is in the South. I mean, I lived uh, down South, making Georgia Bibb County, not too far from one of Rocky Yes, yes, I, right, yes, right, yes, I know where right. you, yes, where you were. Yes. And I came down there, and I was, I can't even think of the town. I was right near Forsyth County. And you know, back then I was all right. Um, and being raised from Southern California, Los Angeles, I am not one to be intimidated. And and, and right. white folks just don't intimidate me, you know, and I brought my daughter down there. And um, I remember she was the only black girl in that school. And she had a little boy in his hand because he was harassing her and bothering her. And my child was only like three in the third grade. So Right. And they were like, why did you move out there? But I wasn't aware because of the neighborhood from where I, I was. Well, I can live anywhere, you know, from being from Southern right, California, right. Los Angeles. I didn't intimidate, it wasn't that for me, but my ex-husband at the time was from Macon, Georgia. So, but of course, I'm back in Los Angeles now, not because I ran from anybody uh, and it's not a fact that we're running, it's just so prevalent and look at and the and thing the,
3: is is that you yeah, know like florida has so it. many nationalities here it has so many nationalities mm-hmm. here so i was 17 that was back in 88 i moved to eastern georgia and yeah. it was like everything like i've never seen prejudice like i can take you to the tree yeah. where they hung black people at in eastern like i know so much and it's mm-hmm. like so with that being said and me as a single parent it's like you know i'm doing everything i can to keep mm-hmm. my kids you know, safe and stuff. You know, it's like when a child turns the age of thirteen. After the age of thirteen, it's nothing for these kids to do. It's nowhere for them to go to stay positive. It's nothing for them to do, and it's like, you know, it's like, well, where, where do we go? Is you know, like we're we make something down, for them to girls. do.
2: We find something. We have to do something. With that being said, I mean. We could be the. I mean, if you're not working, somebody it could be the house mom. We have to find a way. And, and I left. Well, I left outside because had, of that reason. I yes, left yeah, outside. I, had, I always do, have yeah. had help.
3: I always had help. Like their dad. Like in the summertime, yeah. they would go to their dad' house. But I'm just thinking about yeah. like all the other single parents that have teenager boys. Like well, some many of my friends had to leave work because their boys was in trouble. They was into this 14 to 15 years old because these parents don't know where to turn. So, Right. Let, let so
0: me right. say this. Get together. Go I, ahead, uh, um, I completely um, agree. You know, um, it, it is hard um, to try and keep our, our children safe. Mm-hmm. However, I mm-hmm. will say this as a single mother. It is my responsibility to make sure. See, my my motto with my kids is I keep them so busy that they don't have time to mm-hmm. do anything else. And so, um, mm-hmm. it, it is hard sometimes to find places. However, mm-hmm. I make sure I find something, something um, right. because right. um, I uh, yeah, there's there's no choice. I think right. and we're
1: lucky in you know I'm in the Bay Area and I and you're in Sacramento and I think right. You know, Although you know there are racists everywhere, um, yeah. you know, living in our area, there are many more opportunities and positive things for us to get our kids involved with. And I think, mm-hmm. especially when you're in the South, you're in a you know an area it where even, things are yeah, it's pretty. pretty. It even it having something, right. so something to do.
2: Look what happened Kendrick Johnson. He has something to do. He was on the basketball time. team.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take okay. a call. Hold on, one okay. Second. okay. Hi, caller, you're on the air. Who's calling? Hello, caller. Um, 916. Yes, okay. Well, um, they're not wanting to talk, so we'll put them back on. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, sorry. It's I was okay. gonna try and let a few of our callers in, but I'll just let us continue. Um, so, what? A lot so of the programs have been of, cut. What, Ronna? I would say a lot of
2: the programs have been cut, but even, you know, it's a double edged sword because even with Kendrick Johnson, you know, that's another one that bleeds my heart with that case. He had something to do. He was playing basketball. About, and they killed him yes. and covered it up. And that's in right. Georgia, you know? Right. Yes. I can't live down south. I had to leave. I could not pass by. Those looking at what used to be plantations for me—it was too much, and I left. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I had to. I know
3: that. Um, you know, Robert and I would always go with their dad, grandma for the summer, and they would work in like the watermelon field and stuff like that. To you know to see what work is like and responsibilities and stuff, but it's like. When you don't have that grandma, when you don't have that person to help you with your kids, when your father and them doesn't step up, those parents really struggle, and I have truly seen it.
2: Yeah. but we—that's true, it, it and we—but we have to, yeah. We—that's what we have to step up as a community again, like we were before we were, before we, you know, became integrated or segregated whatever we have to find it's hard yes it's hard we don't have anyone because i was a single mom as well and a lot of times my daughters didn't but we have to now especially now because it's so urgent and it's, we have to we have to swallow our pride we got to speak to these other parents we can't let yes you. and and i'm not saying it's your fault by any means i'm not saying that you're not doing all you could do as a mom But i'm saying now in this day and age we have to come together we have but you know the sad something. part about
3: it is, the sad part about it is, is that I remember when I grew up, everybody on my street watched out for the kids, all the grown people, yes. you know what I'm saying? If they yes, saw exactly. harm, you know, they would stop us, you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, mm-hmm. people don't want you saying nothing to their kids. It's a big fight if you try to keep their kids in, in safety, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like yeah, it's so, that's when, so yeah. much. You know the neighborhood helps the parents.
2: You know. Yeah, but we don't have time for that but, anymore. See, we don't have time for the right. attitudes. We don't have time for that. So therefore, we have to find a way to deal with the parent. Look, ma'am, I'm not trying to um, be disrespectful, but it takes a bit. We have to get to that point again. So we have to take a step, <clears throat> no matter what. Regardless it, it, of when we come, we go come against some resistance, but we have to.
0: You have, to. have to. I, I absolutely it. agree. I. It's too hard. We have to. Uh, I was going to say, uh, absolutely, it takes a village. Um, my, my oldest, there were times when I just thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. He, he's, you know, he's teeter-tottering. He doesn't know where he wants to go, if he wants to hang with the bad crowd or the good crowd, and I'm working and I'm trying to raise him, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have that male role model. He doesn't have that father mm-hmm. um, figure, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know. I, I didn't know what to do. I was literally felt like I was going to lose him to the streets. Yeah. Um and yeah. so I made it a point to find different organizations, different um where there were like minded people. Because you're right, you are gonna get resistance. You know, I, I'm I'm to the point now, you know, I have like I have a friend for instance who is a bus driver, she knows who my kids are. She saw my son on the other side of town when he shouldn't should have been at school. Granted, he was supposed to be where he was, but she took a picture and then sent it to me and said, Hey, I just saw your kid. Is this where he's supposed to be? And and, and, yeah. and that's, that's what enough. I love. About um, you know some of the people it's, We have to be that yeah. way um, There's no yeah, and exception And you're gonna Oh go ahead um,
1: I was just gonna say You know we We've been conditioned to be Like so focused On our individual selves And we've mm-hmm. gotten away mm-hmm. from Bonding as a Community and that
0: you know yeah. I think What Rhonda was mm-hmm.
1: saying we need to we need to really – that's how we're going to get through this. That's how we're going to exactly. survive this. That's how we're going to beat exactly. this and rise above it is coming together. Yeah. You know, if we
2: if we
1: are divisive, you know, within our mm-hmm. own communities, then, you know, we're doing their work mm-hmm. for them, you know, and it's – Yes, um, exactly. It's, oh, absolutely. So, yes, we are.
0: You know, I so say all the time, hundreds, I know –
1: well, so I'm wondering what um, what organizations you have found that have been helpful for your son up in Sacramento.
0: So, um, for me, my my son's mentor, um, he has uh, there is Voice of the Youth and Motivating Our um, Brothers, and so with Motivating okay. Our Brothers, um, okay. their mentor Barry uh, Axius, um, um, they do um, they do a lot of community service, but they also do. Um, straight talk you know it, it's 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 no right. holds barred real conversations amongst uh mm-hmm. the young men and the older men they go to a barbershop right and and they and, and right. they sit and they talk right. and and there is no um you know you don't have to filter what you have to say um and yeah. there are going to be um uh, men there to mentor you and and, and try to get you, lead you in the uh, right direction um so you know that's just been um something that's been pretty positive. I remember their first meeting, I didn't tell my boys where they were going. Um because I knew <laughs> that if I told Mark. them, they wouldn't want to go. I knew yeah. they wouldn't want to go. Um but um I took them and um they go now and they and they go on their own. Um perfect. and again, um you know they're not perfect but they they definitely um go because what you I I have to remind myself um, because as they're getting older, um, I become even more fearful because now they have their own mind and they want to do their own thing. And so I have to remind myself that um, I've instilled certain values in them. They say, you know, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. And so I'm hoping um, that those things will um, will, will show. And, and so far, cool. so good. Again, my 17-year-old, he tends to have, um, he oh, he's the most difficult one, Lord. Um, but he's, you know, he's a pretty good, pretty good kid, but there's definitely conversations I have to have with them. Even growing up, I told them, and I can't remember if it was a special. I told them, I said, you know, um, unfortunately, son, um, they are building a jail cell for you right now. They have Mm -hmm. have a number. They're waiting. I see now when you are in, I think it's third grade, they do these tests, they all these Tests test that they do and, and from what i understand based on their scores and their reading and their math that some kind of way determines how many prisons they may need or jail cells they may need in the future that so they already they already tell they are, they already failed you they they're not looking for you to be any more than what they expect you to be and they expect you to be some thug some hoodlum some you know they don't expect right. anything else,
3: right? And so it's That's up right. to us
0: to breathe life into them. And you know, and when to you know, know. My, my
3: middle, my middle son was my challenge. You know, you know, I, you yeah. know, when he was like in the sixth grade, I had to go out there and talk to him and say, "Look," I say, "You could be this trouble child in the sixth grade, but by the time you get to the eighth grade, you be this awesome child." I say, "But that sixth grade is going to always yeah. follow you." I say, so you That's need to get right. it together and always t- have people to look at you with respect. I said, if you don't obtain respect, they are not going to give you respect. You know, and it's like, okay. it's just a battle on always trying to tell yeah. them that whatever they do is a mark for them yeah. forever. Like, forever. Yeah. They're going to look at that forever. Even if they go to detention. Oh, in the sixth grade, you was this child. But if yeah. you're 9-11. So, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, this yeah. follows you, you know.
0: No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think, um, you know, putting these mentors in front of them is, is, is a great thing. One thing, though, that I, I tell my friends all the time is what's hard is, like, when you said you'll get resistance within your community when you're trying to do something different, that they're not really conditioned to um, understand or want to do. Um, unfortunately, right. you, you know, we do this and we take these kids um, and we mentor them and we bring them into these programs and we do all of these things. But they go back sometimes into an environment that is not yeah. healthy and wanting to um, continue what they're learning. And so some of right. us parents need to be mentored as well. That's right. right. That's, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. We, we all need some mentoring. We all need to come together. The seeds That's have to yeah. So, what about
2: the be? A- might
0: be a-
1: so
2: what, what, what do we do with I the ones like that's not in trouble? Yeah. But see, that's right. the way about right. it. It's
3: right. that the kids that are not, you have to see if their like parents are yeah. on accordance. you know, if their parents is really, really, because Robert has always been a child that always had friends. Only two yeah. people I allowed him to spend a night with. That was, the, that was the people who I know that had their kids accordingly. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. he also right. had friends right. that would come over that, one lady, she had an issue with what you know. My son, we did with the church. You know what I'm saying? It's like it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. He's with me as long as he wasn't harmed. You know, he looked at positivity. We had a big whole issue, so I told Robert, I said, "Listen, you are your own person. I said you you That's cannot funny. follow behind people. You have to stand strong." Mm-hmm. I said, if "You be with this little boy, and he vandalized the building. When the police come, they taking both of y'all to jail, whether you spray painted it or not." Rather, you broke away right. or not. So you have to choose your friends accordingly. You know, it doesn't, you know, you have to be that person to say, I'll walk away. It's the funniest mm. thing. When they came and knocked on my door, I knew Robert. Oh. He always was the child that would, you know, just leave. When the police came and told me that my son mm. had been killed. I thought some of his friends killed him because he wouldn't yeah. do what they wanted him to do. You know what I'm wow. saying? I told him wow. all the time, I said, use me as an alibi. Hey, my mama called me. She said she need me real bad. Mom hit hit me that's up. before okay. three o'clock in the morning. I'm coming that's to get right. my son. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So when they told that's me, right. I wasn't expecting a police officer to kill my son. I thought one of his friends yeah. killed him because he wouldn't participate. Right. Okay. And I think, and so, I mean,
2: the stress. The, the stress, Jesus, the stress. Yes. He said, we can do I, I, all we can, so what about, how do you get them to, I mean, we know we're human, we're human, so, but see, the fact is that they don't see or recognize a black child as human. It's just like, to me, it's like, it's a, with doorways, and all these illnesses, I, PTSD, and yes, you know what I mean? So, like, you, Robert, yeah, you
3: raised him well. to
1: quote Hillary Clinton, right, the super predators, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that came out, out of, of her one. mouth, right? And, I mean, it, I think that Sharif is a perfect example of a mom who did all Police the things reform. right and still she lost her son, Police you reform. know, and that's the that's yeah. scary, scary yeah. part. And that's the part, like, that people need to realize. And that's why I want people, and I'm always encouraging people, don't wait for it to happen to you. Don't wait for your child oh, to die. Of, if you're if you're I, if you don't have a black son, don't wait. Don't just not do anything. I mean, these are children. These are human beings. These are families. Dying. The I, I in
3: Georgia, the white people in Georgia, treat their animals better than a lot of black people. Like oh, that's fear. not
2: just in Georgia. That, that's everywhere.
3: Oh, right? oh, that, that is. Yeah, is like it's it's just, <laughs> like, it's just like it's just like. You know, it's like I've never seen so much hatred towards a race. Like, you know, we we are that mark. It's like we're we're that hated group.
0: It yeah. angers me. I'm, I'm getting so angry just thinking about this because when you think about we, oh Jesus, when you all that not only
3: all that, yeah, like all that we do, we, we, like, it it's nothing that we can it, do uh, to make them look positive in their eyes. Nothing. Nothing
0: and and that is why that is why, as a community, we have to like there is no like and i'm saying this with the whole there is no choice, there is none because there are a couple of things there are several things up against not only within our uh, the resistance within our own community we'll never get to that place that we need to be if we continue to be resistant with one another
3: it's just That's not going right. to happen.
0: It's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. And that Mm -hmm. is so, so sad. And it it anchors me so bad because I see some of these parents and they, you know, it's just, we have to worry about each other and we have to worry about the police and we have to worry about, uh, you know, racist white people and we have to worry about how they label us in our school system. And, I mean, there's just so many things
3: that's against You know what's sad is that they could impeach and lock up the president of the United States. They can lock him up for impeachment. They can lock him up for any crime that he did while he was in the office. But police officers are are, are untouchable. Explain that to me. You could lock up the man that controlled his country, but you can't hold a police officer responsible for his action. Are you kidding me? It's not that they
2: can't. It's just that they want. That's why we're fighting for police reform. Look at Standing Rock. You see how they came together, that unity? We have to do that as a community. We have got I to absolutely. get together. Police reform. Police reform. Police reform. Right, and And that just when the incident happens, we have to continue to the weeks after, the months after, the years after the incident happens. We have to continue to continue to fight. We can't just let it be popular in the on social media for a week, following and everybody's crying and screaming. We have to follow through.
0: Yeah. Bottom line is there is a lot of work to do. There's so much work to do, and we have to stop making excuses. Um for our actions. There is a lot of work that we yeah. have to do to get, yes, police reform. Yes, all of these, these things. But we are never going to get those things if we cannot stand together. And a perfect example, I will see um, different organizations that have leaders that are all for, you know, um, getting stuff done. And even amongst them, Sometimes you will see where one feels they're doing more than the other, or one is, do, you know, instead of really coming together because of their, you know, personalities and attitudes.
1: And it's just,
0: we're not going to get nowhere. It's,
1: we're not. Yes, Let me speak to that. Let yes. me speak to that, please. Because, um. okay, so I, I started, I didn't come into this whole thing with the intention of starting a nonprofit. I just literally in summer of 2015 was so upset about what was going on that I started to write a blog about it, and it went to 60 countries in about three months. And so I decided, well, let me try and get dialogue going in another way. So I started a Facebook group together. We stand, and you know, it, within a few months, I saw, oh my God, look at all this shit that's happening. Like it even opened my eyes even more because I had, I. Sadly, our mainstream media doesn't let the average person know oh,
0: that's right. well, what's I'm...
1: really, really going on. So if you're not looking social for media, it, you're not going to know of, <laughs> well, of what's really happening, you know? Okay. I mean, it's sad. Most people, unless they're in this social justice circle that's, you know, fairly okay. small if we look at it it's across the yeah. country. I mean, all the people that are really involved in each date, we all kind of know one another at this point, or we've heard of one another. But, you know, for for example, Cherise, she's, she's lost her son, and do you see this everywhere? Yeah. I mean, was this... No! And they just... No, we would have never, never heard about no. it.
2: We would have never heard about it. No, and
1: so, you know, here's the deal. It's like, you know, we do need to come together, and that's one of our platforms and our sort of cornerstones with Together We Stand, is that we really try to bring people together across racial lines, across cultural lines, across religious lines. And we want to work with other organizations because we're all fighting yes. for the same thing. And our voices together are yes. much more powerful than they are if we That's are great. divided. And sadly, I'm just going to be real because we've had national stuff across the country that we've organized and we've worked with other organizations. And there's some that have been amazing and they got it for the right reasons and then sadly there's a lot where you know their personal egos are what dictates what's going on and when the ego gets involved then then the mission is lost you know if someone's ego gets involved then the purpose of what we're trying to do gets lost and so i think it's imperative that people who have a leadership role, who have the ability to connect with large groups of people, they need to reach out to the others that have that. And we really need to begin to build a coalition. We cannot continue to do our own agendas and screw everybody else and and get where we need to get. We have a system that was built to oppress, to kill, to imprison us. And if we do not Mm -hmm. come together, there's no way we are going to change that system. It is working perfectly for them. It's just how it was designed to do. And it's a monumental task that we are
2: stepping up to the plate
1: to take on. But it it really needs to – and we've been doing a lot of work with the Native American community as of late, with Standing Rock and um, working to free Leonard Peltier and – you know, that, that's what we want to continue in 2017 is is bringing the black and the brown and the Native communities together, Asian communities. Well, I'm going who, back
3: to Georgia in the 27th, and I would love to start doing some stuff in, in Georgia because it's like, if it's not a big city, it's like this. Right, um,
2: that's right. That's what social and media is good for
3: Yeah. Are you, um, and
2: Cherise will help. Yeah. I mean, and they're having a, a, and we, when we see kids on the street, we have to, it's the women. And and, and it's sad, I know it's a lot of pressure on us because we cover a lot and we carry a lot, but we have to get the village back. We have to see them kids on the street and reach out. Even no matter how hard it is, just take five minutes. Hey, how you doing today? Even if a stranger, I do that. I do that all the time.
0: I'm very vigilant with my children and their friends. And I tell my friends, I mean, I tell my kids all the time that their friends think I'm crazy, and I don't care. I don't care because I'm going to ask who you are, where you're going, what you do, who your Uh, parents are, where you're. I do not.
3: Yeah, where your mama? Where you from? you know how y'all met? Absolutely.
0: And there are times when I have, you know, for for instance, there were two young men at the gas station. And um, he was asking for some money, and he was really young. And I'm like, why aren't you at school? You know, what, what, what are you doing? Why are you here? And so sometimes you may not be able to do a lot, but just to get in their ear yeah. for just a moment. You yeah. never know. Yeah. You never know. You know cares. Um, cares. Because, yeah. again, again, it does take a village. And sometimes, unfortunately, they do not have the support at home. Right. They don't have That's anybody right. in their ear. And yeah, so sometimes you do, you know, and there've been times where I've been a little nervous to say anything, but I do. If I see a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, I see these young ladies walking down the streets in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I know they might be a little scared, but I'm I'm a ass, like, you guys all right? You know, uh, yeah, you, you need nice. you need yeah. to use the phone, yeah. do, what are we what are we doing <laughs> here? We can't it's because so, we yes. can't. We're losing too many. We're losing too many. Whether it be yeah, wh- whether it be uh, uh, the, the crime amongst these young kids or police brutality. I have a, a friend whose uncle um, here in Sacramento was shot, I believe, 16 times by the police. 16. Wow. Mm-hmm. Six, mm. 16 times. Joseph Mann. Um, and um, it, it, it's a horrible, horrible thing, that the, the use of force amongst um um, these police officers and, and what makes it bad and I think what some of these police officers who may feel you know they're good police officers and I'm not going to say everybody is a bad police officer but what makes it bad is when you do not stand up for what's right and so right. now right. Just, like, just like all of our kids when you see a couple of these little heathens around here all of our kids are lumped up in that if they look the same they got the same hairstyle and dress the same they all heathens to them right What right. I'm just right. saying with but the they're, police they're if you're bad if we know yeah that these police officers are doing bad, y'all are all lumped up in there because no one's speaking out. You're not no. because you don't want to, you, you know, know, disrupt what? your I'm department and gonna... speaking out to that. So you're lumped up with everybody. you all bad as far as Look, a lot of I'm people. Gonna tell tell. You i tell
3: something. I have this friend. Her husband is a police officer for Macon, for Macon, Georgia, for Bibb County. Okay. And when everything went on, when everything went on, Robert got killed on a Monday. I buried Robert on a Saturday. Within that Tuesday, he was calling me. He said, sis, he said, I know you're going through something. You lay down Mm. on it. That police officer Mm. killed Mm. your son. You need to do Mm -hmm. something. I said, okay. You know, I was like, okay, you know, still didn't participate. Still didn't get up. Didn't do nothing because I'm still grieving. It's just Mm. not, not even a week since I put my son to rest. That Friday yeah. he was back in my ear. I'm not gonna let you sit down on this. Here's some that's phone right. numbers for you to call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was persistent on yeah. me, you know, just yeah. like you say, not all police officers are bad, but he was there. You know, he, he you know, he was it. like, No, I'm not gonna let you lay down on this. You need to do something about this, you know, and I and thank I, him for that, you know. Well we need police.
2: We need them. We need we them need to in there the courage, and, and we need them we need need to be more police officers, up. and we need right. more black police officers in there that have courage. We need that in there. We can't, but I mean. But he's from New York.
3: Are, he's from New York. That's probably why he's so different, you know what I'm saying, because he wasn't, he, he wasn't raised
2: like he was Georgia. in his
3: thirties. Yeah, he was in his thirties when he came to Bill County, you know, so it's Georgia. like he knew more, you know what I'm saying? fear. Well,
2: right. it's, gotta gotta it right it's a lot of folks living in the south that's still fearful and they still have that under that uh way of thinking that white is right and no matter what they're gonna always and they give up. Oh, okay, it's been going on so long, so we're gonna go on and bow down to it and we can't. It's got to get over that fear, gotta get over that. fear. Right. But for me personally, it's a certain states that I refuse to live um, Arizona, Texas, down south again, Florida. I, I just refuse. I refuse. Why do yeah. you put yourself in situations when it's hard, as hard as it is for us down here, to let alone to live there? And and I lived there, don't get it don't get me wrong, I was treated very well with respect. I I've encountered more racism being in California than I have been when I was in Georgia. But I mean it hurts. I mean it hurts to hear about your son. You surgery. know, I work, hospital. Hospital. I, I work at the hospital. I work at the hospital in Water Robins
3: that. and you know a lot of the doctors are my friends, you know. But I'm I'm very vocal, you know. Even at work, I let them know how I feel about anything. I do not talk political with them, and I do not mm-hmm. talk religion because I know both of those subjects are very argumental. And uh-huh. one of the black doctors, he was like when I did an interview. He was saying, mm-hmm. you know, when he came up to see me, he said, you know, you spoke very well on TV the other night. He said, I saw you and your brother on TV. I told my wife the hush. I said, why you oh. say that? I said, because you thought I was going to turn up. Yeah, they killed my son. <laughs> they was robbing him. Yeah, how you know? I because that's how he at work. <laughs> like y'all gotta take care of these babies. <laughs> what is y'all
2: doing? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. We have the right to be angry, though. We have the right to be angry. and We have the yeah. right to be frustrated. Don't tell me if you just sit there and shot my son and called that I can't. Have, I don't have the right to be angry. I'm hurt and I'm angry. <laughs> It's like you would be right. hating angry. Right. I might not have a right. way to justify it or get it out, but I'm angry. And I'm this hurt. is
3: my thing. This is my thing. You Robert know? was 19 years old. Robert looked like a 15 yeah. or 16 year old. You killed my son by middle school. What if that child was 15 years old? You shot him.
2: And they did kill one, Tamir Rice. She was 14, really.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, it's not. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I'm fearful. I have, I have uh, five grandsons, have seven nephews. Trust and believe. I'm scared. and I pray for them every day. And my, and I have daughters. I have three daughters. My daughters are adults, but you know it still hurts, and I still, and I still worry for them. But if, but the thing that keeps me is, is because I am a woman of God. You know, I am a woman of God. Uh, yes, That's I the, have the only to thing that keeps me.
3: That's the only thing that keeps me. Let me tell you, they had, my son had got killed on the Monday. My son's body got to the funeral home on the Wednesday. So the funeral home director, he was like, looked like Robert was in a struggle because on the left side of his face it was abrasion, right? So I was like, what? So I said, okay. So as the investigation went on, my attorney paralegal in Atlanta said they drugged your son' body. So I started putting yeah, two to two together. Okay. Like, like, it's clear.
1: It's clear in the pictures. It's clear that they moved him. And and, I mean, they did a terrible job trying to cover it up.
3: (laughs) Yes. And they still fighting. But I I believe my God is greater. It's going to be a blessing in the end. And I want justice.
1: And we want justice for you, and we'll always do everything we can for you. So, you yeah. we have hit our the end of our show here. Um, I want to just say a couple things um, that we were talking about, you know, good cops, bad cops. There are good cops. Yeah. The problem is that mm-hmm. the way that it's set up, there's no protection for them if they speak out and i've talked to good cops who have spoken out who have literally been um had their lives threatened been run out of their freaking state mm-hmm. i mean it's scary it's scary and i've been i've been the target of you know police on the internet and stuff once we've had something you know where they've been suspended or or what have you and and it's very ugly and it's very frightening what they're able to do and and police officers clearly know how bad it can get so you know I think that it's important that we Mm -hmm. in our dialogue figure out a way to offer support for police officers who do want to come forward it's really really Important, and I think Rhonda made a big point in that we do need more police officers of color. But apart right. from that, you know, we're seeing we're seeing black police officers kill people. We're seeing, you know, oh. Hispanic police officers kill people. It's a culture of violence in our criminal justice system, in our right. law enforcement system yeah. right now, and that needs to stop. Part of that is a lot of these people are ex-military. They're coming back from war and going into positions in communities. How, how do you concept. shift from a wartime mentality to yeah. policing a community with children? You just, there's, there's, yeah. there's, there's not enough screening. There's you not know, I was talking training. to, I was talking to, um,
3: some of the doctors, you know, after everything was resurfacing about Robert, when I got the new attorneys and stuff, and they, they in their hearts, they feel like it should be a set of police officers uh, patrol each neighborhood so they know who the kids are. So, when exactly. anything suspiciously exactly. happens, they know that child and who that, where right. that child belongs, and so That's that right. way. It, they won't be a target. You know, we won't be targeted. It's like if it's, it's, really if, if, it's, yeah, if it's this set of cops that patrol this neighborhood all the time, when something strange is going on, that police officers is going to know because that, they know that person stands out from that neighborhood. It's like they have different cops patrolling different areas instead of having their persistence so they can know that area that they are patrolling.
2: Well, that's right. kind of like what he's trying very to do. Good, like, you know? community police live in the neighborhood that you patrol because therefore you get, like you said, you get to know your community and the community gets to know you. You're going to think twice before you get out there and kill little Johnny because he just was at your house for dinner with your son and then little Johnny's not going to sit there and think about committing a crime when he know that you're the officer. You know, it's going to build respect. And, then and, not, only that, and not only that, the, as, kids of that community,
3: well, the kids of the community and the parents will look more up to their police officer because, well, number one, that police officer is helping keeping your child out of trouble from that's different right. um, group of people, that's the wrong right. people. And that police officer, you could trust that police officer to come and talk
0: to you that's versus it. somebody just right. random
3: knocking on your adult trying to tell that's you about like, right. your child. And you're like, respect. who is this?
2: Yeah, it is respect, and you know the community. Yeah, cause you that's grew that's up in the community, and you and you see the people as being human. That they bleed. You don't right. just see them as, right. uh, yes, right. as something that you've seen on TV that you're brainwashed with. Because you live in another community that's 80 miles in the suburbs, where you don't see a lot of people of color. And all you know about people of because. color, is what you might get from the fake news.
3: Right, you know, think the people don't supposed to live in middle-class areas, we're always supposed to be in the Psalms, you know what I'm saying? They feel like when we move to their neighborhood, it's something totally
1: wrong. Yeah, yeah. All right, ladies, well, we've got to wrap up the show for today. I want to thank you all for taking the time to talk to me and to – be a part of our podcast as we work to sort of grow our movement. Um, so thank you. And um, no I just want to remind our listeners that uh, we would love to have you get involved. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Revolution. You can find us on the Internet at TogetherWeStand.NationBuilder.com. If you need assistance, please get in touch with us, one 800 528 1084, and um, join us in our Facebook group. Together we stand. And we uh, look forward alone. to having everybody tune in every Sunday, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 Eastern. Thank you, ladies. All right, nice you we're alone
2: Know that you're not alone, Cherie, and Yolanda. Thank you.
1: Oh, and just,
0: you not a really problem
2: anytime. We're you. always there. Thank you.
3: And if y'all need me, y'all call me. Y'all know how to reach me.
2: <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. All
3: right. Take care, lady. Okay. All right.
2: Bye-bye. Thank you for giving us the venue, Sebby. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?